0: Hello again and welcome to another Horror Shots Podcast with me, Casey. Of course, this episode is brought to you by none other than the lovely people over at morbidlybeautiful.com. In case you don't know what morbidly beautiful is, you gotta go check them out. They are the number one source in my mind for all things horror in pop culture stuff. So what do I mean by that? Well, they have reviews, they have interviews, they have retrospectives, lists, whatever you want, they have it. I believe a review, a mini-review, if you want to call it that, or a collaborative review, just released for the new movie, Ready or Not. So a bunch of different writers from the website got together and did their own reviews, and it's put all into one, so you can get a whole lot of different perspectives about what the movie is all about. I did one before for Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, and it was a good time. It was fun. But uh, other than that, I do have an announcement to make regarding the contest. So if you've been listening lately, you know that if you leave a review on Apple iTunes or Apple Podcasts, you will be entered into a draw to win some merch, be it a t-shirt, a photography print, whatever you want. We can discuss those details at a later date, after you win. But until then, you got to leave a review. And before, it was just strictly Apple iTunes or Apple Podcasts. I don't know why I keep prefacing that with Apple, but regardless, if you leave a review on Stitcher, I will also accept that as a qualifying review in order to be entered into the draw. So if you listen on Stitcher and you're more of a fan of that platform, absolutely leave a review on there and you will be entered in as well. Just make sure you do email me at horrorshotspodcast at gmail.com or send me a DM on any social media just so I can get your information in case you are the winner. And of course that does run until the end of this month. So on the very last episode of the podcast, you'll have one week to get in those reviews so you can be entered into that draw. After that, it'll be closed and the winner will be announced on the first podcast of October. Now with that said, we do have to get on with the podcast today itself. Now last week we went over some spooky-ass playground that is situated in the middle of a cemetery in Alabama. So continuing on our tour of the eerie United States, we are going to stop off on the next alphabetical state, and that would be Alaska. Now Alaska in and of itself is kind of an anomaly. It is located nowhere near the rest of the mainland United States, and it is attached to the, I guess, upper west region of Canada, and it used to belong to Russia. So everything about this state is kind of weird. So naturally, being kind of isolated and very barren of population, sparsely populated I should say, it does have some very strange tales, urban legends, myths, whatever, whatever you want to call them, they do exist, and there are a lot of them in Alaska, but I'm going to focus on one in particular, and it's called the Alaskan Triangle. If you are unfamiliar with what the Alaskan Triangle is, well, it is a strange strip of land that does extend a good chunk of the state and leading into a little bit of the Yukon as well up in northern Canada. But it does encompass a very strange Bermuda Triangle sort of vibe. So it does extend from the north in Barrow down to Anchorage and all the way down into Juneau and then back up again. And it's a chunk of land roughly... Mm, 33,000 square miles, something like that. And a lot of people have gone missing in that triangle. Now, a lot of this information I'm going to get is from legendsofamerica.com, so go check out that website if you do want to read up more about it, if I missed anything, or if there's just other stuff on there that you kind of want to check out. But the Alaskan Triangle is sometimes called Alaska's Bermuda Triangle, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense because Bermuda is a place in and of itself. Nevertheless, it is a place that is untouched and full of wilderness. And a lot of mysteries happen there and people do go missing at a very high rate. The Alaska Triangle connects the state's largest city of Anchorage to the south to Juneau in the southeast panhandle and to borrow a small town in the state's north coast. Here is some of America's most unforgiving wilderness. The area itself began attracting public attention in October of 1972 when a small, private plane carrying U.S. House Majority Leader Hale Boggs, Alaska Congressman Nick Bejik, and an aide in Russell Brown, and their bush pilot Don Johns, seemingly vanished into thin air while flying from Anchorage to Juneau. For more than a month, 50 civilian planes and 40 military aircraft, plus dozens of boats covered a search area of roughly... 32,000 square miles, but no trace of the plane, the men, or wreckage was ever found. Afterwards, more planes went down, hikers went missing, and Alaskan residents and tourists seemed to vanish into thin air. In fact, since 1988, more than 16,000 people have disappeared in the Alaskan Triangle, with a missing person rate of more than twice the national average. In any given year, 500 to 2,000 people go missing in Alaska, never to be seen again. Authorities conduct hundreds of rescue missions, most often return without finding any evidence of the missing person at all. These disappearances are blamed on everything from severe weather to aliens, to swirling energy vortexes, to an evil shape-shifting spirit demon of the Lingnit Indian lore called Kushtaka. Now before we go further, I do want to go into a little bit of Kushtaka. I've never heard of that one before, so I had to check it out for myself. So this little offshoot of the Alaskan Triangle Kind of like a subchapter of this whole mystery in itself. So the Kushtaka are mythical shape-shifting creatures found in the folklore of the Lingit and Simshian peoples of the Pacific Northwest coast of North America. They're similar to other sort of folklorish creatures in the region. But physically, the Kushtaka are shapeshifters, capable of assuming form in any way they want but most commonly take the form of an otter or potentially other seafaring mammals. In some accounts, a kushtaka is able to assume the form of any species of otter, and in other forms, only one. Accounts of their behavior seem to conflict with one another, however. In some stories, kushaka are cruel creatures who take delight in tricking poor, lingit sailors to their deaths. In others, they are friendly and helpful, frequently saving the lost from death by freezing. In many stories, the kushtaka save the lost individual by distracting them with curiously otter-like illusions of their family and friends as they transform their subject into a fellow kushtaka, thus allowing them to survive in the cold. Naturally, this is counted as mixed blessings. However, kushtaka legends are not always pleasant. In some legends, it is said that the kushtaka will imitate the cries of a baby or the screams of a woman to lure victims to the river. Once there, the kushtaka either kills the person and tears them to shreds, or will turn them into another kushtaka. Legends have it that kushtaka can be warded off through copper, urine, dogs, and in some stories, fire. Since the kutasha mainly preys on small children, it has been thought by some that it was used by the lingnit mothers to keep their children from wandering too close to the ocean by themselves. It is also said that the Kushtaka emit a high-pitched three-part whistle in pattern of low-high-low. So that's what the Kushtaka has to offer to this story. It's very interesting, and it's a nice little lore piece. It's very common to other mythical or folklorish sort of creatures from other parts of the country and other parts of the world. But it makes sense that Alaska would have their own as well, and that it is associated with the Alaskan Triangle. But carrying on with more theories and more reasons as to what is actually happening, we will have to read a little bit further. Now the most likely explanation of these many missing people is the wilderness itself. Within this area are dense forests, craggy mountain peaks, massive glaciers, and hidden caves, with deep crevices where downed aircrafts or lost hikers might easily be hidden and then covered by snowfall, hiding any trace of human activity. This harsh landscape is also filled with wild animals and is subject to unforgiving weather, including avalanches. More than half of the nation's federally designed wilderness lies in Alaska, and many of the permanent disappearances are linked to perilous natural elements. Alaska is bound by 33,000 miles of coastline, contains more than 3 million lakes, untamed wildlife, and winters that blanket vast reaches of the state in snow and ice. However, There are many that support the idea of energy vortexes within the triangle. Energy vortexes are thought to be swirling centers of energy concentrated in specific places where the energy crackles most intensely. The energy radiates in a spiraling cone shape clockwise or counterclockwise, creating positive and negative effects. They are thought to affect humans in various physical, mental, and emotional ways. Positive vortexes spiral upwards in a clockwise motion, creating an enchanting flow of energy. This type is said to be conducive to healing, meditation, creativity, and self-exploration. People actively search these places out to feel inspired, recharged, or uplifted. Some of the places where positive vortexes are said to exist are the Egyptian pyramids, Stonehenge, the Sedona Desert, and sacred temples and cathedrals throughout the world. Alternatively, negative vortexes spiral downward in a counterclockwise motion, creating a draining or depleting energy and depleting the positive energies in its vicinity. In humans, they are believed to cause health problems including depression, nightmares, disorientation, confusion, and both visual and audio hallucinations. They are also said to cause electrical instruments to malfunction. Some places that are said to be filled with negative vortexes are the Bermuda Triangle, Japan's Devil Sea, and Easter Island. I have a quote here from Paige Bryant, and it's from A Traveler's Guide to the Living Planet Earth. A vortex is a mass of energy that moves in a rotary or whirling motion, causing a depression or vacuum in the center. These powerful eddies of pure Earth power manifest as spiral-like coagulations of energy that are either electric, magnetic, or electromagnetic qualities of life force. Electronic readings in Alaska have found large concentrations of magnetic anomalies, some of which have disrupted compasses to the point that they are as much as 30 degrees off. In addition, some search and rescue workers have reported having audio hallucinations, disorientation, and lightheadedness. It is unclear whether these vortexes really exist, and the theory has been open to a good amount of skepticism. But it is entirely possible. Despite the warnings from authorities regarding weather, wildlife, and environmental conditions, hundreds of tourists visit Alaska to see the unspoiled land, many of whom are unprepared for the natural elements. Some of these people probably become lost in the middle of nowhere, resulting in the numerous search and rescue operations performed each year. That, however, does not explain why there are more disappearances in the Alaska Triangle than anywhere else in the state. Whether the mysterious disappearances of the Alaskan Triangle are the result of natural perils, strange energy vortexes, or ancient evil spirits, they certainly are alarming. Now, isn't it very interesting that there are several of these quote-unquote negative spaces around the world? Of course, we have the Bermuda Triangle, and now we have the Alaskan Triangle, and not to mention the Devil's Sea, and apparently Easter Island is a negative space as well. But what causes these? Why are they always in sort of remote areas as well. We don't have a Detroit triangle where people go missing in certain spots of Detroit or, you know, the Montreal disappearances. It's not like these happen in major cityscapes or major cities or major populated areas. So why is it that certain areas around the world have these anomalies when it comes to the geography and the energy in which they send out? I mean, that's definitely a cast for another day. I don't know if that's one for today, as we continue our tour throughout the United States, but it is something to think about. I've always wondered why the Bermuda Triangle is so mysterious, and how we haven't really solved what it is. Sure, people have claimed to have figured out what the issue is there, but they can't really explain all the missing aspects. Planes go down and are never, ever seen again. It's just one of those things. Maybe it is these negative vortexes. It's hard to say. It's not something that you can really track and quantify. Nevertheless, that does kind of bring us to the end of this episode. I know it wasn't very long, but I don't plan on having these episodes to run too, too long. They are, after all, very specific and very local legends, and there might not be a whole lot of information available that I can really portray without repeating myself over and over again. A lot of the information I found here did come from the same source, because every other source I checked had the exact same information, or very very minor changes to it and that's just kind of what we're going to be dealing with which is okay i'm okay with that short and sweet right you get the information you want and that's about it that's all you need so until next week when we take another look at another eerie place in the united states of america